I, I surf the web, I text, LOL, laugh out loud, OMG, oh my God, WTF, why the face? Um, you know, I know all the dances to high school musical. All right, welcome in. Episode six now of the Kentucky Dad Podcast. Really excited to keep it going. I'm Drew Brown. It's a beautiful Saturday morning, a little bit chilly, but the sun is out today. So have a, one of my buddies joining me. I'm really excited. He's somebody that I thought about um, the day that I started this because we talk about our kids a lot and stuff, someone that I enjoy talking to. Mr. Mike Willis. And, and Mike, I'm sure you're thrilled that the day I invite you on is a beautiful Saturday morning. So thank you for taking um, some time to jump on. Oh, no problem, man. I'm glad to be here. Got up, got my uh, clean pajamas on and ready to go. Yeah, no, we're all in the COVID world. So I guess to a lot of people, Saturday, I guess, doesn't really mean much. Um, but I know you're still working. We were just mentioning that. So for anybody that doesn't know Mike Willis, I, I consider him to be one of the best kept secrets in the media. I think he's really funny. He does work for Sports View America. So a lot of the Sports View America people, actually, I really enjoy talking to a lot of the photographers and stuff like that. So, Mike, why don't you just like introduce yourself a little bit, say what you do for Kentucky, and then maybe let us know like your kids and their ages and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, I cover the cats for the uh, for Sports View America. We do uh, football and basketball is what I cover. And uh, father of two boys, 11 and 7, Benjamin and Elliot. And uh, I'm a home, full-time home inspector in the uh, real life world before I get to have fun at the sports world. But it, it, I enjoy, enjoy the football and basketball, but I was actually going to do some baseball this year, but that kind of, that's on the ropes right now. I don't know what, I don't know what's happening with it. Yeah. I wanted to do baseball last year. So if, if you're a cats by 90 listener on the podcast, uh, one, we appreciate you all these podcasts, both of them are brought to you by SB nations, a sea of blue, but I know Aaron are, you know, my co-host for cats by 90, he covered a lot of baseball. He was one of the, actually probably one of the more, boots on the ground coverage guys for baseball. So I wanted to get into it as well. I love baseball. I like it a lot. So I have a feeling if we get up and running with any of that, Aaron will be our guy and we'll be able to get some coverage through him. But I know that's something, um, a little correlation to the dad pod that, that my dad would really like to see me get into because he's, he's a huge baseball lover. And that's one thing, Mike, we're kind of doing right now to cope with COVID-19 is that my dad and I are getting out social distance fishing quite a bit because we're typically, we started a few years ago, the um you know let's go see every baseball park in the country thing and the first oh, year yeah. we knocked out like six and then last year i had the baby so it was tough and now this year COVID 19 so that's something that we're doing but what about you guys so with ellie and benjamin what are you guys doing for like some COVID 19 coping strategy and we've we've been hitting some parks and stuff i've just been so busy with work it's been hard for me to uh to really do anything during the week but on a weekend we try to hit some parks up and you just do the dad thing there so oh, I guess, yeah, your work's probably not much interrupted. I know I'm going to work. Definitely um, limited capacity. I don't know about capacity, but just uh, our kind of scope of work is a lot less, I guess, than what we were doing pre-COVID-19. So you as a home inspector, I'm sure, are probably, if anything, maybe even busier. Yeah, this is this is the busy time of the year for us. So right. I was a little nervous about the economy, but the retail side has been, been great. So I mean, real estate side. So you know, I've been I've been pretty busy. Yeah, I know this is that time of year when people start throwing the for sale sign up on their house right before summer because they want to move to a new school district or something. So I'm pretty hip to the finance game, Mike. So I moved this time last year. So I assume that you were probably busy. But again, man, thank you for joining us on the Kentucky Dad Pie. We're on episode six now. Time's really flying. And man, so 
two kids, Benjamin and Elliot. You work for um, Sports View America, which again, I know a lot of those guys, I like them. I'm trying to add a little bit more structure, Mike, just to like the podcast, because as you can imagine, anytime you start talking about your kids and stuff, like it just gets off the rails and we never can reel it back in. So one thing that I'd like to do with all of my guests so far is really just kind of start from the beginning. And, and I don't know much about you, um, you know, where you grew up and father figures in your life. So uh, what's up with that, man? Just kind of like, how did that, that work for you growing up and how have you kind of used all those moldings in your own parenting style now? Well, I grew up in a small town called Irving, Kentucky. It's in eastern Kentucky. So, very tell by that. Did you say Urban, Kentucky? Is that what it's called? Irvin. Irvin, like, okay. Irvine, like Irvine, California. But I got you. I just thought it would be funny if it was Urban, Kentucky, and it was like in the middle of nowhere. I was, I was going to enjoy that. But, okay, sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I grew up with my – my dad was in my house until I was about eight, and my parents divorced. So, I, in, the, uh, in the young times of my childhood, my dad was there – we did a lot of baseball. That was that was his sport choice. He loved baseball, so I grew up playing baseball. But then uh, me and my wife, she's actually from Irvin too, but I didn't know her, even though it was a small town until I was in college. And we ended up uh, moving in an apartment together and end up buying a house and having kids and settled down here in Lexington. So it all moves very fast, fast when you look back. Seriously, man. And I know that I know that you're a busy guy, too, because like I said, we, we kind of link up on the thing. And I wanted to kind of say when we started, too, actually, that you're somebody I really appreciated because I know early on, like years ago, when I covered my first few events, um, you know, you were one of those people that made a big, awkward room a lot less awkward for me. So that's something that, that I always appreciate and that I won't forget, um, because I know, you know, too, kind of, you know, not doing this for a ton of time that it can get a little bit uncomfortable and stuff, too, as you first get started and kind of learning the etiquette of how it works. and. And even that, even take it a step further, we're usually pretty good about, you know, making sure that neither of us go without a cookie or kind of four eyes on all the food and, and what's happening and stuff. So that's something that I've always appreciated from you. And I know, um, you know, you kind of walk through that, too, just um, that you're really busy, you know, with your home inspecting, two kids. So you have a real job, wife, family. So I know that it can be challenging to get into those games and stuff. But how far is Irving from Lexington? It's about 45 minutes from Lexington. So, I mean, it's okay. not that far. So, I, I still go home. Like, I'm going to Mother's Day. I'm going to see my mom for Mother's Day. And I'm able to get around like that. So, not too bad. Well, good, good. I don't know if I, maybe if I ever, if I ever pass through Irving, I'll try to see if I can find the, like, home of Mike Willis sign, like, in the Little Giants for, like, Urbania, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, they should have it at the, uh, when you cross the, cross the county line there. <laughs> Perfect. Well, um, I started the episode now, so that's my go-to to start the episode with now is going to be Phil Dunphy, the cool dad. I love Phil Dunphy. I don't know if you watch Modern Family or not, Mike, but um, do you have a favorite, like, TV dad? Is there a TV dad that you can really, or even movie maybe, that you really, like, look back and, like, man, I like that guy's style? I mean, I, I, I love The Modern Family. I thought that was the best show. Like, uh, man, I don't know, Will Smith's dad in, a pre whereas, I guess his uncle, Uncle Phil was. He, he was pretty impressive. Like, you know, he, cause Will was always making trouble and he's always been able to help Will out those fronts. I have so many. Yeah. I, that was, I, yeah. I think that's probably be like a, a widely picked one for sure is Uncle Phil. That's nice too. Cause he's an uncle father figure. So that, that was a good tie in. Cause there's fathers comes in all shapes, forms, sizes and, you know, relationship kind of stigmas. But I have so many too. Love Phil Dunphy. Phil Dunphy's so good. And uh, one of the ones I was saving, but I'm gonna put it on this episode because you're my you're my guy, Mike. Is um I don't know if you watch the Goldbergs, but damn, I love Maury Goldberg. He's great. If you don't watch that show, that that show's terrific. Oh, I haven't I haven't saw it. 
Is it a Netflix, a Netflix thing? Or? No, 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 no. It's a network TV show. I want to say maybe it's on like Hulu or something now because I know we ran through – it's like seven or eight seasons, but strongly recommend, man. If you have an 11 and 7-year-old, it, it's good enough, you know, where it keeps your attention but but clean enough to where they can watch it. And uh, it's really, really good. And, and Maury's thing is when he gets home uh, – it's kind of weird, but every time he gets home, he just takes his pants off and sits in his recliner in his underwear. Like that's his thing. Every time if he's home, he's sitting in his recliner – he doesn't want to be bothered. He calls his kids morons all the time. So it's a good one. I, I think you would really enjoy the Goldbergs. And um, that shout out to Maury Goldberg because he's going to be my my uh, dad of the week TV dads. Should have went with Al Bundy. Now that, now that oh he, yeah, he Maury's a Maury's like kind of a more wholesome version of Al Bundy. They both kind of uh, are a little bit. Uh, I don't know the right word, but they're they're a little bit hard on their kids. I'll just say that they don't use the most uh, inviting of languages when they're speaking and, and specifically when they're like punishing their kids, which actually brings me to my next question for you, Mike. And I know this one's going to be kind of maybe a hard one to answer. And it's, um, I've kind of roundabout asked this to, to my four previous guests, um, but I'm going to try to make it more of a, a thing each time. So putting you on the spot here, but do you have a go-to punishment for the kids? They're about the same age. And I'm not talking about like, you know, setting your house on fire, but Let's say they break a rule they know they, they weren't supposed to break. Do you have a go-to punishment? I mean, I'm lucky. I have really good kids who, when they do, when they do something, it's nothing, it's nothing major that a, a huge punishment has to happen. But usually taking something from them, a video game or, you know, something like that. But usually in the first five minutes, I'm a big sucker and they usually get their way anyways. If it's an apology or sad face, but usually it's a, the video games here is probably the, the big takeaway. Take that from them and they, they feel like they lost their world sometimes. Yeah, I'm really keep asking this too to kind of try to seek some advice for myself because I'm in like week three or four now of doing the pod with my oldest, my 12 year old daughter, kind of grounded, being in trouble, and I just can't win, man. It's just <laughs> I'm genuinely terrified. It's going to be such a long haul with her. And same thing, man. She's an awesome kid, but geez, just this online deception, and I just can't imagine the shit that I would be doing on phone, computer, and stuff if I was in sixth grade back then and had access to all that. So I try to be sympathetic, but but let me ask you this, Mike. So I, I've mentioned this before on the show that one of my go-to punishments, and, and these are a little more severe, like habitual rule breaking, like we really got to put our foot down type thing. But I'm very much into like introducing her to literature, like books, specifically classic American literature. Like she's read The Red Badge of Courage, um, Tom Sawyer, she just finished, The Lord of the Flies. So that's kind of my thing is like if she gets in big trouble, she knows I'm going to kind of give her a book. She's going to have to take a quiz on it or whatever. But here's my here's my thing with this one. So we're still not having much progress. I'm, she loves dogs. So I'm staring at my little home library here, and I'm dead serious. I'm thinking about making her read Old Yeller next. He has no idea what's coming. Oh, man. That's a, that's a, that's a rough That's a bad. <laughs> is, that, is that too far? That, that may be too far. Like I, my kids wanted to watch it on Pete on the uh, on Disney Plus the other day. And I'm like, no, nah, guys, we're gonna wait on that one. Let's wait. <laughs> yeah, she definitely doesn't know. And I have, a, I, I mean, I know what happens. I've never read the book. I've never seen the movie. But I mean, I know that um, poor old Yeller. Um, I won't end it. Maybe there's kids that, that are listening to the show. But yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know that you convinced me, Mike. I might still have to put drop the hammer on her and let her read it, and, and maybe put like a, a little camera in her room or something for that last chapter and, and see how she holds it together. Yeah, that, that might be a thing to do there. <laughs> live, live stream with dad podcast yeah, yeah i don't know i don't know yeah if i was yeah that'd be messed up man live streaming forcing your kid to read old yeller that would be that would be an interesting one for sure well 
Um, tell me more though about man Benjamin and Elliott. I know that we've we've talked quite a bit about them and just like various events. I know that there's been certain games that like you have missed um, because you were taking them things. Sometimes even brought them to the game. So I know that you would fall into the camp just like other people and guests that I've talked to. A lot of their kids aren't that into Kentucky sports. I guess just because they're you know they're kind of immersed into it with it being their parents' job. Particular respect at all of the people because none of the the previous um, guests on here, uh, you know Justin Rowland, T.J. Beisner, Bradley. McKee, none of those people, um, Terry Brown, they didn't like force their kids into Kentucky sports. It was kind of like they let them, if they like it, hey, I'll show it to you. But they weren't really necessarily like pushing them into it, making them a diehard member of the BBN. But if I'm not mistaken, your kids are pretty into it. And, and I'm, I'm sure they think that your part-time job you do is pretty cool, right? Yeah, I wish that we could share more with them. Like, I wish I could take them with me. When you're mm-hmm. a father, you, you start like, when you're there, you're like, oh, man, I wish my kid could be here right now. You know, experience standing on the court or, you know, some of those things that we get to do that we think is pretty cool. But, like, I, when I was a kid, my father never really had to push me to, like, get me into sports. I just kind of gravitated to it. So that's the kind of way I've been with them. Like, if you're into it, that's fine. If you're not, then we'll find something else. But so far, my oldest one, he's really he's really gotten into sports. And this quarantine's allowed him to get into uh, the NBA 2K. So now he's... He's into NBA, and of course they're not playing, so I'm ready for them to kick back up, and let's see, see if he starts watching it with me. Are you a 2K guy too, Mike? Can he beat you in 2K? I yes, he could probably beat me. <laughs> I get I get frustrated. I get more frustrated when the uh, make a bad pass or whatever. He, he's pretty good at it. Well, you mentioned something too that's came up a couple of times, and I'm not necessarily like working on a plan for this, but I'm hoping maybe who knows with. The evolution of the Kentucky Dad Pod and just kind of some of the guests that we're getting on. Maybe we can keep um, keep pressing on it and keep our ear to the ground for like people that could help. But who knows? Maybe we'll get to do like a Kentucky Media Bring Your Kid Day one day. I think that that would be perfectly feasible for maybe you know maybe not a Kentucky basketball game, but some type of event where they could come and see and. Um, I know we had TJ Beisner on. He'd probably be a really good person to kind of link up with that because I know they bring their kids around and they see the value in it. So I think that would be neat. And it's something that I've always thought about too. My daughter's old enough now to where I can bring her to the basketball game. She can sit by herself and kind of keep an eye on me if I'm doing photography or press row or whatever. And she really likes that. But I can't do that very often because I don't have a million dollars in my checking account. Oh, man. That's the that's the big downfall of UK sports. It's so expensive to take your kids to a game. I think taking both of my kids and sitting about midway up in lower arena, maybe four hundred dollars for that. I mean, food and everything. I mean, it it was expensive, and it was for a yeah. And it, it kills me too. Like you get into these these bogus conference games. You know, once it gets into be like January, and it can be like a bottom tier team in the SEC, and just by that time in the year, I mean, yeah, you're hundreds and hundreds of dollars for the lower level. And what really pisses me off, Mike, is like, so I'm pretty much at every home game. There was probably, I don't know, three or four this year when it was just a perfect situation to bring my daughter, maybe even my wife and my daughter, whatever. And tickets, you know, the worst ticket in the, the back of the bowl all the way up at the tops, 80, 90, 120 bucks. And I just can't justify bringing her. And then I get there and there's three or 400 empty seats. So ugh, it can be frustrating. And I know that, you know, they make more money selling less tickets at a higher price. And it gets into a lot of like economic strategy there. I get it. But it sucks because I like to drive to Lexington with her. And I'm hoping next year I can really start start bringing her to some more. But I did take my um, girl, though, girls. I took a couple of her, her basketball teammates to Mike to the women's game. And, and that was a blast. So we might have to start doing a little bit of the, more of that. And I know Terry Brown was talking a lot about 
he tries to get his daughters to different sports like gymnastics. I know they want to go see the rifle team. So that's also something that's on my radar for the kids because I'm pretty sure it's probably, you know, we could probably go like cover a gymnastics event or something. And I hear those are those type of things are a lot of fun to just immerse yourself into something new. Yeah, I want to try some volleyball and soccer, too, I think. I think those those seem like exciting sports you can get into. My my youngest is a big soccer fan, so that's what all he wants to do. He wants basketball. He don't want none of that. He wants soccer. And I know nothing about soccer, so. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I know. I, I don't, it's sometimes, uh, and we talked a lot about this with Terry last week, too, because his daughters play field hockey. And it's, uh, at the same time, when your kid plays that sport that you know nothing about, you're not that passionate about, it kind of allows you just to like kick out your lawn chair, put your feet up, let whatever coach coach and just enjoy it because all you really know is they're trying to kick the damn ball through the net. So you're not as much like basketball where you're, you know, you're working on the, the fundamentals and, and stuff like that. Would you agree? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I was an assistant coach for like seven year old soccer and it was the most insane thing I've ever tried to do in my life. Trying to keep seven year olds in a practice to keep them going without wandering off or chasing butterflies. It's just. I don't know how I don't know how coaches do that. Really, don't. I'm straight up with you on that one. Everybody, whenever they meet me, you know they'll just get to know me a little bit. Know that I played basketball. Kind of just see my personality. I'm usually considered to be like a type personality. Um, I manage people my whole work career, so I have like I'm always kind of directing traffic that way and kind of put people in the best spots to succeed. But boy, do I hate coaching. Absolutely hate it. Tried to do my daughter's AAU team and like. For me, it just boils down to one simple thing is that like, I just feel uncomfortable, like coaching other people's kids hard. Like, I just totally feel uncomfortable. I'm like, who am I to be like getting down on this kid, even if it's from a place of love? So I can coach my daughter hard. But man, every time I was trying to do that, I was constantly just like back of my mind, like, you know what? Do whatever you want. I'm not arguing with your dad after this. Yeah, it takes a it takes a special person to be able to like be comfortable with that situation. I was the same way too. Like I couldn't even make the kids sit on the sidelines. I'm like, I don't want to discipline somebody else's kid. It just feels weird. Yeah, I know that that was my thing too, man. Just the thought of doing that was like this the most uncomfortable thing to me. Um, so I don't know. I don't I don't see a very big future in coaching for me. I love the kids. I love doing things that like help kids get resources and get out of bad situations or learn something particularly. I like to do like a lot of financial literacy education with, with kids whenever I can with, with my main job, um, through working at a bank. But yeah, dude, I'm not, I'm not in it to, to coach and stuff. Maybe some individual workouts or something I might start, um, getting on with yeah. this summer, especially with the way that things are and who knows how much group activities we're going to be able to, to really get to do. But what about Sports View America? Mike, I like, we don't typically talk a lot about like Kentucky sports and necessarily it's, it's more about, you know, your relationship with the kids and, and things like that. But, I don't know much about it, and um, just maybe walk me through. I know you've told me before, but just how you got started with them, like what you do, maybe what what some goals are in the future, anything like that. Yeah, we. Uh, it was funny. I kind of got started kind of by accident. I owned a store, and the guy who uh, Ron, who runs Sports View America, he showed up one day wanting to do some advertising with him, and uh, we we ended up advertising with him. But he, uh, I jokingly said, "Hey, if you need somebody, to go to the Bahamas." This is the uh, 2015 team. I was like, I'll go. He's like, well, if you want to go, you have to pay your way, but I can get you in. I'm like, no, I, I, can't, I can't do that. But uh, he said, I'll tell you what, if I need you for something, I'll give you a call. And then randomly one day in January, he called me to do, uh, I believe it was uh, Georgia or somebody. And that was my first game. But man, I had no clue. Like, I didn't know who who was going to be there, where to go. I actually sent Ryan Lemon a uh, tweet, like, 
hey, Ryan, do you know where I park? I didn't know where to park. I didn't know what to do. And he's, he's, he told me the wrong parking lot, Ryan Limited. So that was my first experience going there. But it's, it was amazing. But this year I'm going to do uh, full-time in football. I'm going to get my season credentials for football. But basketball, depending how life is, I may be a free agent and just bouncing around and doing games when I can. Yeah, I understand that fully, man. Them, them Tuesday nine o'clockers or whatever get really tough um, when you know when it's your second job, and and I feel you on that too, man. I was kind of mentioning that earlier that you were kind of a uh, I don't want to say you were my Ryan Lemon because you gave me good directions, but it is it's intimidating when you kind of get started in that, and and I feel like you learn a lot about people, Mike, and I still hold a lot of those first impressions, I guess, in my mind just about who was nice to me, who was kind of a jerk. And just in general, I think we can both agree that there's, for the most part, and I truthfully mean this, most people in the media are really, really good people, especially the people that kind of have the perception of, of being a jerk. They're usually the nice ones, but there are some of those people that, you know, do kind of have a, a big head and, and maybe frown upon us a little bit. Cause I was going to put this too, because, um, we're a little bit older to be the blog boys in the media room. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, yes. that's one thing I think a stereotype that, that kind of we work out of a little bit and, and I'm fine with it. And I particularly like hanging out close to you, Mike, because, uh, I'm pretty sure you're older than me. So I get to, I get to kind of find that middle ground. Yeah. I'm older than you, but you've been a father. Uh, maybe a year older, longer than me. So I guess I should be taking my advice. From hey, that's a fair point, man. That's what I ever tell everyone. They find out like, oh my gosh, you have a, you know, almost a 13 year old. And I just say, yeah, I got, you know, this, this old car has a, a lot of miles on it, even though the, you know, the <laughs> year is not that old and a lot of, a lot of life experience. But trust me when I say I have um a lot to learn, that's for sure. But one thing that I did, I, I did appreciate in the media. Like it's intimidating that a lot of those people are nice enough to like talk to you or whatever. It, it's kind of, it's a fun experience. It really is. Right. And then now that I'm at where I'm at, Mike, too, like, especially working for a sea of blue, like we have a, we, we have a ton of people. I mean, at any given time, I would assume we have about a dozen writers. A lot of them are college kids. So there's obviously a lot of like churn within that. We have a lot of just different turnover people coming in. And every now and then, you know, a few times a year, I'll get a message. Hey, Drew, you know, now you're covering the game tonight. So-and-so is going to be the first time. So I always will try to just make a point to grab them, just say hello, make sure they feel comfortable because everybody has a different role there. You know, yeah, you don't have to be a, a seasoned journalist to go there and do a good job. And, and a lot of those kids, this is what kind of frustrates me if, if people get upset at them is like they put in work to be there. You know, maybe they're, they're writing something once a week for a few months or whatever. And, you know, combining that into their schedule, that's a lot of work. So. Yeah, I always try to try to hook people up. And again, that was, I think, a reason that, that we linked up and are still buddies is because you shared that same sentiment. And it was something that, that I appreciated, you know, I guess a couple years ago now. The way the media is divided up, you have the old school, like, newspaper, you know, that type of website type. And then you now you have blogs and things that are really starting to take over. And I think that people feel like in separate groups a little bit. But it's not when you're in there, it's not really that way. Yeah, I just sum it up last so we can move on. My biggest thing is just uh, you really can tell who treats people on a case-by-case basis. Like, hey, let me get to know this person and then kind of make up my opinion as opposed to maybe seeing what blog they work for or whatever and then just kind of, you know, writing them off immediately, I guess, is the best way to put it. But, man, it's such a nice day, Mike. I got to get outside. So let's just go ahead and knock out some dad jokes. Um, I'll go first if you want so you can prepare yours because – I already put mine on the Twitter page today. So if you're not following us, please give us a follow at Kentucky Dad Pod on Twitter. We would appreciate that. And my dad joke for today was, why can't a nose be 12 inches long? Because then it would be a foot. 
<laughs> I, that was a good home inspector one too. I feel like you got to do a lot of that, that yeah. measuring and calculations and making sure stuff's up to par. I might, I might use that on the job. <laughs> All right. What about you, Mike? Let's hit us, man. This is your big moment. Okay. What did the fish say when he hit the uh, hit his head on the concrete wall? This is my favorite one. And I'll let you finish it. Just start over, because man, this is, this is my top two. Start over, favorite one. All right. What does a fish say when he hits his head on the concrete wall? He says, "Damn." Damn. Woo! Yeah, that good one, man. That's one of my favorite ones. I was actually saving that because I have two favorites, so I have to save my other one. But that was a good one. That's one of my favorites because I believe my grandpa told me that, like, right when I was at the age to kind of start getting this humor. Um, so that's yeah. always one of my favorites. So well done, man. See, I knew I liked you. Good job. Good job. Well, Mike, dude, thanks so much for jumping on on Saturday. I said that you were somebody that, that I wanted to get on right away. I'm sure I'm sure we'll do it again. I know that I'm really hoping you were definitely one of the people that I felt bad about. You know, we didn't get to say goodbye, man, and, you know, not see you at the spring game. And I know. Anything like that. So I sure hope that you're successful in getting that football credential so the two of us can see each other here this fall, and hopefully that happens. All right, man. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.